Hey, what's up, everybody? It's the Wind Column. Sorry we haven't been posting episodes. We've had some technical difficulties. I'm Kevin Borgman. He's Caden Jarvis. Hello, everybody. So, up first, we're going to be talking about college athletes getting paid. Then we're going to talk a little NFL. Then we're going to talk some NFL quarterbacks. And then we're going to talk some fantasy football slash we have a little bit of basketball at the end. Yep. A little bit of basketball. Not a lot of basketball, just a little. Just a little sneak peek of what's to come when we start the basketball season. And then we're going to end with a new segment we like to call Are We Watching? Which is when Caden will ask me if I'm going to watch the top sporting events that are happening this week or this weekend. And I'll give you my opinion about why you should watch them or why you should not. A lot of times there are games or events happening that not a lot of people know about, but they're interesting to watch. So starting off with the Fair Pay to Play Act. There's a bill that's been voted on and everybody approved of approved besides the governor obviously of california that will allow for college athletes in california only to be paid for having their likenesses used so basically california athletes will college athletes will be able to uh, receive endorsements and video game deals and they'll be able to be paid for it unlike times in the past where players like on ncaa a great video game yep one of the best games ever were not able to be paid for their likeness so they were frustrated about that, and that's actually why the game came to an end. Especially like the cover athletes, you know, Denard Robinson, uh, who is before Denard Robinson? Denard Robinson, I think, I think it was a guy from Boise State. Oh, no, it was RG3, and then... RG3, and then I think Kellen like, Moore or something like that? Yeah, that was, he was a long time ago, I think. But the only problem I have with this, well, I mean, it's not really a problem, it's just reality. It won't go into effect until January 2023, which is a long time away, which there do need to be some modifications made because the problem with this bill is the California schools would always be breaking the NCAA rules if they do allow for their players to be paid. And if they don't allow for their players to be endorsed, then they're just breaking the California law. Yeah. So it's kind of put them in, putting them in a tough predicament. And then another thing, if the colleges in California allow for their players to be paid via endorsements, will that exclude all the California teams from the NCAA, do you think? Like, w- would the NCAA kick all, all the USC's and the UCLA's of the world? It's possible, and then all California schools could just be make one conference league see, type I, thing. I don't with see that happening. USC, Fresno State, San Jose State all together. Which I think this bill is interesting, but honestly, when I think of college athletes getting paid, I thought it would be more like the New York bill that's on, on the docket right now, on the ballot. Yeah. Um, the New York bill is proposing that colleges have to pay a certain percentage of their their proceeds to the college athletes. Directly to them, yeah. Yeah, which I think that would be interesting because that would basically be like they'd be employees. So would that change their education? Would they not be on scholarship? It's it's interesting. I think it's stupid. I think when once you start to pay somebody, they're not going to take it as seriously, especially a young college kid like that. Well, I think because... I am an advocate for college athletes getting paid, but I do think there needs to be, like, requirements and rules. Like, you can't just get paid because, like, you're a college athlete. Like, I feel like you should have to earn it. Like, in the NFL, you don't get paid millions of dollars if you suck. Well, I mean, you do sometimes, but you get cut. You They can fine you. So if college athletes get in trouble, they should probably be able to be fined. They should probably need to have, like, a required GPA to get that payment. And people are going to be like, oh, my gosh, like, they're earning it. If they're not earning it, they <laughs> you don't get paid. And then I just have a question. What would college do to prevent, like, in power balance? Like, in the NBA, when Kevin Durant joins the Warriors, like, how would we prevent, like, all the players from going to these schools like California? And then what would happen to the rest of the teams in the nation? It, it, there'd be a, if it was just the California bill as of right now, 
the the talent pool would just everybody would go to LA. Right. Cuz that's where all the endorsements are going to be. That's where all the billboards are at. And it would, it would allow them to have agents. So think of like a Zion Williamson going to UCLA or USC. If Zion had an agent in college, he'd probably make more than some of the NBA players. I mean, he already got a lucrative shoe deal already. He's the second highest paid rookie ever, money-wise. I think he's only trailing LeBron. But he's actually going to make more than LeBron, like contract-wise, but not like uh, shoe contract-wise. But at the same time, if he had had the ability to have an agent in college, he'd probably be a multi, like, millionaire, almost billionaire by now. He There would be so many commercials of him. So I think it'll be interesting to see what happens to the college athletes. I don't know if this law will actually be passed because we're still waiting on the the vote by Gavin Newsom. I think it does need some reform and a little bit of fine tweaking just because I don't think it's ready at this point. I, I don't think it's where it needs to be. I agreed with Tim Tebow, who was on first take, and he says it takes away from... The authenticity of college sports, which for me, college sports, if you look at it, there's so many more seats in college sports, like in their stadium. That's true. Well, I mean, college sports are just, I feel like more people have like a personal connection to them. Like even like schools that are never going to win a championship, like say your Kansas States of the world or like Michigan has been struggling recently. They have 100,000 people in their stadiums. Like, yep. people still show up to the games. But like you're saying, the personal connection, that goes away when once you start to pay somebody. It's not more It's more about the money than the personal right. connection. I think another thing that goes with the money, another question is, does everybody get paid, like, a certain amount, or do you get paid based on ability? And especially, and other sports as right. well. Because, honestly, if they're just going to pay the people who bring in the money, football players are going to get paid, and then basketball players are going to get paid. That's it. And at most colleges... Football and basketball reign supreme. Like I, I'm sure there's a few colleges where they don't have like football, so yeah. it's probably basketball and like baseball or basketball and hockey or something, depending on where they are. But I don't think it would be as beneficial for all athletes. I think this is this rule is mostly just for college football players and college basketball players. But like, okay, I'm gonna use water polo and swim because I'm a water polo and a water polo player and swimmer. Schools in California like Stanford, UCSB. Uh, UOP, Pepperdine, Pepperdine, UCLA, UCLA and Stanford were both in the uh, in the uh, college water polo semifinals last year. Stanford, okay. I believe, took second. Mm-hmm. So, and what are they doing on the football field or basketball? They're not competing for national championships. I don't think they've made it. Well, football wise, the last time they were good was when they made it to the Rose Bowl with Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, and then basketball. I don't think they made it to the tournament in a few years. So why are we gonna? Why are you gonna pay student student athletes who aren't winning more than the student athletes who are winning and who are bringing? Yeah. Well, I mean, I feel like the thing about this bill is like, for the California athletes, it's I feel like it's kind of on them to get money because they're the ones that are able to hire agents and seek endorsements and stuff. So I don't because the school has nothing to do with paying them. Like the schools won't pay them, but they have to allow for them to be paid. Yeah. So you're bringing up these points, but, like, it, your points are still valid because these athletes are going to get paid anyway. Because name, name a college water polo player that everybody would know. Exactly. Like, but name a college football player that everybody would know from Stanford. They have KJ Costello. They have, like, David, David Mills, the backup quarterback. Like, or in USC, they have Keaton Slovis, like Matt Fink. Well, Keaton Slovis is no longer. Uh, that's true. He, he took a hard hit. <laughs> 
But you see what I'm saying? Like at UCLA, they have DTR, and for basketball, they have Sharif O'Neal, Tiger Campbell. Like they just have so many people that have like names that like you know. Mm-hmm. Like and all these sports that aren't as popular, they're gonna struggle with their athletes getting paid because nobody's gonna pay them unless it's like a a local like station or a local TV show. Okay, well then I'll change it to this. What about UCLA's gymnast? I mean, she just graduated, but she had a lot of hype around her. Caitlin Ohashi, who got the perfect 10. Oh, that's right. She did get the perfect score. Honestly, I think I could see her getting paid just because she she also was very an eloquent speaker and when she got interviewed and stuff after. So I think that she kind of has that, like, appeal to be on TV. But that's one person. That's one person from the gymnast team. Yeah. Gymnastics team. So I don't know how she would fare in, like, comparison to players like DTR and, like, other college athletes. The problem... I think it would be interesting because it's also a problem for college sports if this happened. If they allowed for players to get paid in California and players came here, I think California would actually be a powerhouse in all sports for once. Like, we usually were, like, a powerhouse. Like, USC has been good at football, but they weren't good at basketball. UCLA, vice versa, they've been good at basketball and baseball, but not good at football. So I think it would be interesting to see, like, how crazy it would be in California for all of the sports teams to be good. Cause even Fresno state's good at football and basketball. So if they were getting more people to come and we're going to, then we're going to lose the Alabama, the Clemson, the Oklahoma, Texas, we would lose them. But at the same time, it would just be moved to our state, which for us, I'd be fine with. Cause we're about a few hour drives from all of these schools. Anyway, all of them, yeah. the furthest drive we have is four or five hours to the LA schools. Like all the schools in the Bay area. That's just a quick hop and a skip over there. Hop and a skip over there. But that'll be interesting to see what happens. We'll keep you updated just to let you guys know if it goes through, if tweaks are made, if other states like fall in line and start to propose deals like this as well. And if any adjustments get made to it, because reminder, it's only it's going to take effect in 2023. Yeah. So that'll be a long ways away. But moving on to the NFL. Oh, man. The NFL season's been it's been a soap opera, to say the least. They're, they're definitely getting their viewership back because a couple of years ago, the NFL's viewership took a hit just because of people were not... They just simply weren't watching the games, I guess. There's a lot more exciting players. Speaking of exciting players, we'll start with Antonio Brown, just, just to get it out of the way. He had quite the saga in Oakland. He got, si- he got traded to the Raiders. Right. Yep. Traded to the Raiders. Went to the Raiders, and he was injured... Or I don't know if that'd be an injury. He had frostbite on his feet from the cryotherapy chamber for not wearing socks or the proper shoes. So he wasn't able to practice or play. And then an issue came up with his helmet because the NFL has a rule saying that every, I think it's 10 years, you have to get a new helmet just because of CTE protocol and like they don't want people getting their brain smashed. Mm -hmm. So I don't know why this was such a big deal, but Antonio Brown went to court with the NFL twice, right? He filed filed a grievance, grievance after he lost the first time. And he still didn't get to wear the helmet he wanted. And then eventually he came back, picked a helmet, got got a lot of money for picking that helmet with, I think it was the Xenix, Xenix? I don't know how to say it. Yeah. Starts with an X. But um, he got fined for missing everything at the Raiders training camp and practices, which he should be. Yes, exactly. If you don't show up, you get fined. It, it doesn't matter if you're the best player on the team or the worst player on the Which team. Which I think it's important that the Raiders did find him because they were in support of him during his helmet debacle, but they, they had to show the rest of the team that he's not above the law. Yeah. So he comes back, gets fined, and posted on Instagram, his Instagram story, mm-hmm. calling out the team, calling out the players. And then I guess he had a confrontation with the team's GM, Mike Mayock, 
And apparently, this is according to a lot of sources. Antonio Brown de- denied it. Of course. Of course he's going to I mean, I would it. deny it. Yeah. Called the GM a cracker. Tried to, like, physically assault him. And then punted a football out of frustration. It. I, I don't even know how to process that, Kevin. To speak to your your GM that way. You, I, do you I, think he's he was trying to get out of Oakland? Now that I, well, I mean, he kind of, well, we'll get to it. He, at first, I think so. Once he realized that, I don't know. I just feel like he wasn't ever going to be a Raider. Well, he definitely did a good job of showing that he didn't want to be a Raider, though. Well, he told John, well, John Gruden asked him if he wanted to be a Raider. And if, uh, and that John Gruden wanted him there, which we found out via the cell phone conversation. Oh, that. Antonio Brown recorded that the whole Antonio th- Brown recorded the whole thing without John Gruden knowing prior to it. And then he had a company who like does a lot of social media platform type stuff help him edit it and post it on his Instagram as a part of his exit video of the Oakland Raiders where it concluded him running around his backyard shirtless yelling, I'm free. I'm free. Calling his grandma, I think it was, telling her that he was free. So then he's released. He's a free agent. And a lot of memes are going around like, oh, here comes Bill Belichick. And who comes and signs him? Bill Belichick. The New England Patriots. The New England Patriots come and sign him. And he gets to the Patriots and scores the touchdown, uh, lights up the Miami Dolphins, and then issues come to the surface. Yes. And he's been accused, and we're not going to speak on if we think he's guilty or not just because that's not our place. Mm Mm-hmm. But he is accused of raping and sexually assaulting a trainer that he went to college with. At Central Michigan. And then he was also accused by another woman. And not to be, like, self-criminating or anything, but he emailed them both. Emailed or text, I forget. Emailed them a semi-threatening message about how they're trying to, like, bring, like, dirt to his name or whatever. Mm -hmm. And so the Patriots dropped him, which I think the Patriots kind of could read the writing on the wall that he's going to get suspended anyway because I'm pretty sure he's about to go on the commissioner's exempt list pretty soon after, which he's innocent until proven gu- guilty, mm-hmm. as it should be, because that's our constitutional right. And uh, I believe it was the first accuser offered him a $2 million settlement saying, if you pay me $2 million, basically, I won't bring it up to the NFL. He denied. Which, that's a strong move if you're innocent. Because there's no need to pay someone two million dollars if you're not innocent, exactly. or if you're not guilty. But at the same time, I feel like the threatening emails kind of contradict. Yeah. So I don't know where it's going. But and, he's currently a free agent. And he also sees it as the NFL is trying to take it out on him personally. All I gotta say is I don't know how because we knew he was a drama queen, like his whole career. But when he played in Pittsburgh, I feel like we heard like the very we had rare things about him. Mm-hmm. When he was with the Raiders and the Patriots, like it was every week, every day. The Madden curse hit AB different. The Madden curse curses like whole life. Well, he was on the cover of Madden 19, I believe. Right. And then all this stuff happens. But you know who was the main developer of Madden 19? Frostbite was the name of the company. Oh, that's ironic. Yeah. He got a bad case of frostbite and. His career is definitely taking a, a freezing freezing trajectory right now just because he's a free agent. Um, teams are staying away from him at the moment, and I do not think he'll get signed until after the court is, or after the case is settled. Could we see him move into the XFL? 
Um, I would think he would have to get paid a pretty penny right now. Or graduate first, because oh, Antonio Brown has also announced he is going back to school at Central Michigan. It's never a problem. Get your education. Yeah. I don't know what his major is, but I saw his schedule, and it looked like he still had a random assortment of classes. So don't know if he's in his, if he's in his lower GEs, but it'll be interesting to see if he graduates. Just imagine sitting next to Antonio Brown in class. I yeah. feel like he'd be a distraction. 100%. If he's a distraction, like... I don't know. And Kevin. if he's a distraction in the workplace, like he's probably that he's he, that guy in class. He's prob- Everybody has that guy in class. He's probably that guy in class that's talking or like listening to music the whole time. He's probably that guy. Calling his teacher a cracker probably. <laughs> you can't have that. Can't have that. So it'll be interesting to see what happens to Antonio Brown because he is one of the best receivers in the NFL or was. Yeah, he's currently one of the best we've seen in a while too. Yeah, he's one of the best. I had him on my fantasy team a couple years ago, and he won me the championship. Glad I didn't have him this year. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people took a chance on him and did not go as planned. But moving on, same same sport, different different topic. We're gonna go NFL quarterbacks. A lot of NFL quarterbacks have been taking a hit, and have kind of lost their starting jobs. And a lot of people have emerged. I'm gonna give you the list of who's lost their jobs right now. Mm-hmm. Eli Manning was replaced by Danny Dimes, Daniel Jones, which a lot of people projected him to be one of the worst picks in the NFL draft. And so far after one game, he lit it up. He had two passing touchdowns, two rushing. New York as a city, they've kind of, they've done that. They did that with uh, Daniel Jones. Everybody booed him, and now look at him. And then going to basketball, Christoph Porzingis. That's right, and Christoph Porzingis turned out to be one of the most trend-centric one of players in the game. Yeah. And then they also have Big Ben, who not they, not the not the Giants, right? Not the Giants. The Steelers had Big Ben, who hurt his elbow, and was replaced by Mason Rudolph, who, as Caden was probably going to mention, is the leading passer in Oklahoma State history, mm-hmm. which is impressive. So he has a lot of weapons to work with, with James Washington and James Conner and Juju Smith-Schuster. And then Drew Brees recently got hurt. He basically violently hand- high-fived Aaron Donald and hurt his thumb. Um, he talked to Mike Trout about the thumb injury, so it must be pretty serious because Mike Trout suffered the, a similar thumb injury, and then he's being replaced by Teddy Bridgewater with the likes of Taysom Hill, with a little splash of Taysom Hill, I mean. Yeah, former starting quarterback for the uh, Vikings. He was. Teddy Bridgewater, and he was one he, of he was a top quarterback, maybe te- a top 15, top 10. I think, I believe I heard his record in his past 19 starts was 13-5 and five, or 13-9. and nine. Which Teddy Bridgewater has been doing pretty good as a starting quarterback in the past. He took the Vikings to the playoff, I believe. He just mm-hmm. suffered a gruesome non-contact injury with the Vikings and kind of derailed his career. But I think he could be the heir to Drew Brees eventually, whenever Drew Brees t- decides to call it a career. So it'll be interesting to see how he does. Or he'll just gain himself some value in the NFL free agency market because he's only on a one-year deal. And then you well, and there's teams that need quarterbacks. Exactly. Everybody's going to need a quarterback. Miami... Oh, they. I mean, they have Josh Rosen. I think Josh Rosen has just unfortunately gotten the rotten end of the stick many times. He went into college and had three coaches. One, I think, I think he had a different coach every year, or he had two different coaches, I believe. And then he got to the NFL mm-hmm. and had one coach. And then Cliff Kingsbury was about to come in, and then they drafted Kyler Murray. So Josh Rosen has just unfortunately been on the wrong, wrong side of the stick. Yeah. And then I saw this question on the Pat McAfee show. Okay. The great Pat McAfee. Do it for the brand. Could this be the end of the Cam Newton era in the NFL? I think it will be, actually. Um, Cam Newton hasn't had a really good season since he took the the Panthers to the Super Bowl. And mm-hmm. was, I mean, it was an MVP season, so what a, what a season to have. But 
he's injured his shoulder a lot, actually. He's had a lot of shoulder issues. He's quite injury prone. I think at first I thought it was just the way he played because he was an aggressive run style quarterback that wasn't afraid of anybody. But I think once he started getting hurt, he realized he needs to slide. But and he's just not doing. He's just not playing like Cam. Yeah, what Pat McAfee was saying on the in the interview that I watched was uh, Cam Newton was in that car accident. Right. So do you think that kind of woke him up and was like, maybe I shouldn't be running like this. Maybe there's more important stuff than football. Right. I just think that. Because he used to be Superman. He used he, to be he used to be all over the field doing everything. Now yeah. he's just kind of... Yeah, I mean, he kind of just seems like a glorified game manager at this point. Yeah. Which, I mean, that could be an unpopular opinion, but they drafted Christian McCaffrey, and they've he's had a heavy workload, whether it be in the run game and the pass game. So they haven't really relied on Cam Newton to make those big throws, which Cam Newton even said that his throwing motion has changed, and he doesn't know if he could throw the same and throw as hard, which he, he was more of a gunslinger slash, like, scrambling quarterback i guess like he would run if he had to which in a lot of cases he did Mm -hmm. but he was a guy that would be like oh i can make that throw so if he thought he could make the throw he was throwing it now i think he's definitely a little more cautious is kyle allen the guy to take over absolutely not (laughs) i don't think kyle allen a guy who couldn't even start in college well i mean he started in college a little bit at texas a&m and then at houston i just don't think he's an nfl franchise quarterback he's a bridge quarterback he's there for this year yeah i think I think they do have a potential uh, replacement for Cam on the roster. Will Greer, the quarterback out of West Virginia. West Virginia, Virginia. okay. I think he could be a potential replacement, or they might just wait it out and try to get somebody in this draft like Jake Fromm, Justin Herbert. I doubt they'll get Tua, but, I mean, they could trade Cam. I don't know if – I don't know. I think Cam's career is – still has some hope to it, but I don't think he'll ever be that one guy that got MVP and almost led his team to – to a Super Bowl victory. The door's definitely cracked in his career. It's cracked. It's not shut all the way. I think he could do what, uh, like, I feel like he could do what Eli Manning has done for the past years. Uh, kind of stick around. What Peyton Manning did in his last couple seasons. Like, they weren't the guy that would carry their team, mm-hmm. but they were the guy that could make throws when needed. Like, Eli Manning has two Super Bowl championships. Um, the Broncos won with Peyton Manning, and that was probably the worst form of Peyton Manning we've ever seen. And all he did was manage the game and just just do him. Now let's talk about perhaps the most exciting rookie quarterback, Gardner Minshew. What a story with this guy. Gardner Min- Minshew. 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 I think mustache Min- mania. Mustache mania out of the Duval, Jacksonville Jaguars. This guy had an interesting college career. He went to East Carolina. Well, first of all, he went to a JUCO, went to East Carolina, had an interesting experience at East Carolina as he was booed off the field yeah. at one point in his career. Transferred to Washington State and just lit it up under the Mike air raid Leach. system with Mike Leach. And he's definitely appears to be quite the character as I read that in college he would work out and lift weights just in, I think, just in his jock strap. So yeah. pr- practically naked. So he's definitely an interesting character. And that continues to be seen with his wild outfits where he only has like the bottom two buttons buttoned. He or just... he was at the Washington State UCLA game and cut his own jorts. Oh, he had a fresh pair of custom jorts, yeah. which the one of the ESPN reporters asked him if he cut them and he just like, or if he bought them pre-cut and like Gardner just gave him like the most disgusted look and was like, of course I cut them. Like, what kind of question is that? <laughs> like, who asked that? But Gardner Minishu and another crazy story about Gardner is he wanted to redshirt but he didn't want to lose his actual redshirt ability so he tried to break his own hand with a hammer so he said he grabbed a bottle of jack daniels and just went at it yeah he he said the only way he could redshirt 
was for a medical redshirt, and he just wanted to keep playing, in his words, keep playing ball for as long as he could. And he, that was the way to do it. Which, I honestly, I was high on him coming out of college. I just didn't think that he would be the uh, starting quarterback this soon just because when you run the air raid system, you probably have like t- 10 to 15 plays. Just kidding. I mean, it's probably more dynamic than that, but yeah. 95% of your plays are pass plays. Same concept. Yeah. So it's just like all passing. So I didn't know if he, if he wasn't as like well versed in the NFL, like like NFL scouts eyesight. Like they didn't know if he could like run different offenses, which he did run one a different offense at East Carolina. I just think that being at Washington State it highlighted his ability to throw the ball because he has a cannon. He's got a gun and he's got good receivers too. He DJ does. Chart, D.D. Westbrook. Yep, they got a lot of a lot of weapons out there. We might see the reemergence re resurgence of Ooh. Leonard Fournette, who's had a little puzzling struggle to the beginning of his career. It's been up and down. It has been up and down. Um, there's also been some other quarterbacks that have been injured. Well, I don't know if it's an injury. Um, Sam Darnold has mono, so don't know how long he'll be out. Just make sure not to share drinks with him if you're on the Jets. Nick Foles, who Gardner replaced, mm-hmm. is has a broken, I think it was a clavicle? Yeah, broken collarbone. Collarbone, yeah. So he'll be out for a while. So we'll have a lot of Gardner, man- Gardner mania. What if Gardner takes his job? It's definitely possible. It definitely, I mean, Gardner expressed that this is like, you could only get one chance. So he's going to make the most of this chance, and he really is. It's his team right now. And then sticking with the Jets with, with the Sam Darnold mono situation, Trevor Simeon doesn't have mono, so that's a good sign. But now he basically did, has one leg. He did snap his ankle. So he's out for probably the season. And. It's been rough for the Jets. They they signed Le'Veon Bell. They thought they were going to be good this year. They signed like C.J. Mosley. They just they're just not good now with all the quarterback problems. The actual backup quarterback now is Le'Veon Bell. Oh, that's he, right. He is listed on the depth chart as the backup quarterback to Luke Falk. Yeah, who Gardner replaced. Wow, it comes full circle. Full circle. Washington State quarterbacks. Look at them go. Wow, and. I mean, talk about Miami because we briefly mentioned them earlier. Josh Rosen is now the starter for the Dolphins as Fitzmagic just simply didn't happen this season, which it's pretty hard to happen. The Miami Dolphins, they're probably – I bet you a really good college team could beat them. No. If you got a team of college all-stars, I bet you they could beat them. Like the All-American team? No. I think that – It's it would, still grown men. I don't know. I think it would be close. I think it would be fun to watch. But a lot of people like Minka Fitzpatrick, who recently got traded to the Steelers, he left the Dol- or wanted to leave the Dolphins because of their horrible, horrible first couple weeks of showing. I think through the first two weeks, they only scored ten points combined. Yeah, and it was rough. It's not like great. if you want some advice for fantasy football, if you if you have like a, a bad defense, just draft or draft sign whoever is playing the Jets or the Dolphins. The I'm Dolphins, well, yeah. the Jets too. Now. The Dol- yeah, the Jets too with Luke Falk. He's struggling. But sign whoever is playing against the Dolphins, and you'll probably you'll probably get at least ten points. And same with their offensive offensive players that you need too. If Philip Rivers is available this week, pick him up. Exactly. Just look look for anybody and everybody. If they're playing the Dolphins or the Jets or like teams like that, just pick them up. Going off of fantasy football, we're just gonna briefly mention some guys that really surprised us. I'm gonna start off with Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson, who has been tearing it up, only trailing Patrick Mahomes as in throwing touchdowns and passing yards, and he's just 
which we already knew he's an athlete as people thought he was going to switch to wide receiver or running back when he came to the NFL. And after his recent game where he dominated, he he played lights out. He, in the locker room, was like, not too bad for a running back, kind yeah. of throwing some shade at people who thought he would switch positions. Yeah, but the question comes up. Was it just the teams he was playing in the first two weeks? Because um, we saw what he did against the Chiefs. The it Chiefs, wasn't... I mean, he wasn't like putting the Ravens in a position to like be further back in the game. Like they lost the game, but he wasn't like hurting the Ravens with his inability to throw. I think he was making throws, just not as easily as obviously the Dolphins, just because it was the Dolphins and it's the Dolphins. And the Chiefs have a good defense, though. The, the Chiefs have improved on the defensive side of the ball. They have Tyron Matthew running back there, the the Honey Badger. The honey Badger. And another person that's really impressed me personally are a lot of rookies. A lot of rookies this year have stepped it up. Terry McLaurin, um, Josh Jacobs had a, a couple solid games before he got injured. Um, DK Metcalf isn't doing too bad. They, another player that I was pretty shocked by was Hollywood Brown. He, which, if you listen to us and didn't draft any Ravens receivers, we're sorry. I mean, Hollywood Brown's like the only receiver that's tearing it up, but. We did advise... Well, that's because he's the fastest guy on the field. Exactly. But we didn't realize that Lamar Jackson could throw this well, which we should have known. Yeah. And we just... After last season where they were like a run-heavy offense, we just didn't expect it. Another great uh, rookie who, if you need a kicker on your team, Austin Seibert for the Cleveland Browns out of Oklahoma. He's now, this is not just because I'm an Oklahoma guy. This is also kind of a knock on the Cleveland Browns. They're not scoring touchdowns, but they're getting down in the red zone a lot. They're getting into field goal range. So with Baker struggling, Odell struggling, Jarvis, no David and Joku, Freddie Kitchens, horrible play calls, we're going to see a lot of field goal attempts coming out of Cleveland. Exactly. And this is a, a probably a sleeper that not a lot of people have heard of. If, if you have, props to you. Will Disley, the tight end, the for tight the, end from Seattle. That guy, so in the past two weeks of fantasy, which he had a slow week one against Cincinnati, he had 22 points against the Steelers, fa- fantasy points, and then 18 points against the Saints, and they play against a very bad Cardinals defense this week, and he's owned in 77% of leagues, so that means he's available in 33%. And those points are according to Yahoo's PPR, yeah, so exactly. they're going to be different. Varying your league. And then, so if you don't have a good tight end, take a peek at him. I know a lot of people are surprised by Dalvin Cook's reemergence as he kind of well, he was hurt last season. He was struggling to to just be who he was. Like, people didn't think he would be able to bounce back, but he's ranked sixth in fantasy this year on Yahoo, scoring 26, 28, and 24. And he's sadly not available in any leagues as he's owned in all the leagues. So if you have Dalvin Cook, congrats to you. And if you don't, try to put together a trade. Can, can we talk about the Browns real quick? Talk about the Browns. I know okay. this has been hurting Kane's heart. So Sunday night, the Browns played... It it hurt me to watch because I'll admit I'm a Browns fan because of Baker and what, what he's done. Freddie Kitchens' play calling has been atrocious and was terrible in that game. I don't think – I think Freddie Kitchens should be fired before the end of the season. See, I feel like you're – that's an overreact. It was fourth and nine with about three minutes left. Okay, the draw play was a bad call. He calls a draw. On their side of the field, like that – I mean, it caught the defense off guard. They gained six yards, but that would have been yeah, a good play. Yeah, but you needed nine, and it was fourth down. <laughs> that would have been a good play on first. Yeah. Uh, and then he called this play twice on the same drive, 
and once on the drive before, unsuccessful on all three. The play design is for Baker to roll out to his right. Which Baker is not fast. Baker ran a four eight forty at the combine, which is pretty good. But he doesn't all these guys that are chasing him on defense just look way faster than him. Yeah. Like he's not he's not laterally quick. He's He's, and he's not the most athletic. He's, like, straight-line quick. Like, if he gets momentum, he's kind of quick. But these guys, like, like I don't know. Defensive ends are going to catch up to yeah, him. Yeah, he's not that in fast. In the pros. So the play is for him to roll out to the right and have receivers follow him. He, the receivers in the route on all three plays were at most eight yards away from each right. other. And this, speaking of this rollout play, they were playing the Rams. So he has people like Aaron Donald chasing him. Clay Matthews chasing him. And then in coverage, they have Aqib Tlaib and Marcus Peters. Yeah. And Eric Weddle. That's not going to work. You have a great passer, an accurate passer in Baker. Don't have him roll out. Have him stay in the pocket, right? If he needs to escape a little bit, he can. He not. I'm not saying run with it. I mean, he tried to run. He's very slow. He's very slow. He looks faster in college, to be honest. I don't know why. But he can put the ball where it needs to be 80% of the time. He has had a slight interception problem in the NFL. I just think that's because of the game's moving faster now. And, and I I think he's still learning the playbook, in which the Browns should not be struggling as bad as they are because they have Odell Beckham Jr., Jarvis Landry, and Nick Chubb. That's what I'm saying. With the talent they have, Freddie Kitchens should be able to do more. I think we just have to like stay on the ship for a little bit, Caden, and Browns fans. If, oh, I'm going to stay. If you're a Browns fan, stay on the ship for a little bit longer. I, I think you got to give Freddie Kitchens at least a whole season. The O-line's terrible, too. The O-line, well, they trade away, they, they, they gave away their best O-lineman to the Giants. To get Olivier Vernon. Yeah, which, I guess, solid trade. Solid not, trade, but you're still losing games, and the but, Titans scored 43 points on you. So was it that great of a trade? No. To upgrade your defense that much? No, I mean, they're... I think his name's Kevin Zittler. Zittler, yeah. the, the offensive lineman they traded. He was their one of their best offensive linemen, one of the best offensive linemen in the late the league. So that was tough for Baker to to lose his best offensive lineman. Kind of mm-hmm. had to be worried back there. I just think that the Browns need a little more time. I mean, you guys gave Hugh Jackson two f- full seasons, and he went one and thirty two or something, one and thirty one. Yeah. So give them some time. It'll work out, I believe. I think they'll st- they're still a playoff team, maybe a wild card team at the worst. It's only been they're not winning the division with the Ravens playing like that. True. It's only been three weeks though. Like injuries could happen, things could happen. Yeah. So we're gonna move on, talk a little bit of basketball, just a slight. T- we're gonna talk some basketball right now. Lavar Ball on Ball and the Family, which is a show following the Ball brothers and the Ball family. They. They had some issues, a little disagreement because of the fallout between LeVar Ball, Alan Foster, and Lonzo, which if you don't know Alan Foster, he took money away from Lonzo Ball. He was basically, lo- not loitering money, laundering money and taking money away from the brand. And and from the league, too, that they started. Exactly. He was taking away over $2 million from them, which I don't know how nobody caught that until it was too late, but that just shows you what happens when you have a family-owned business and you don't rely on others. But Lonzo is not approving of having the brand continue and lavar would like the brand to continue because it's a family brand so lavar and lonzo got into an argument and lonzo was explaining that he would want lavar to change the name and then want lavar like to make changes to the brand and lavar said when i come up with a name and somebody tells me to change it that's like telling me to change your name that's like people saying change your name to alfonso on the fact that you've been damaged good for the past two years called his own son damaged goods the best part of that episode was lamello ball like looking up from his phone because he's in a different room but i'm pretty sure he heard that yeah and he just looks up in like confusion and 
I, I think it's safe to say Big Baller Brand is no more. Well, and LaMelo is playing in Australia right now, not repping any Triple Bs. No, and he's looking for a shoe deal, so it'll be interesting. So, moving on to our last topic. Well, not really a topic. This is our, our new segment called Are We Watching? And this is where Caden will give me sporting events that are happening this week, and I'll tell you if I'm watching. So what do we got up first? Let's see. Thursday night football, Rams and the Seahawks. Division game. That would be a great game, actually. I think the Rams making it to the Super Bowl last year, they just didn't have enough weapons because they were missing Cooper Cup, and Todd Gurley was struggling. I think that would be a great game. Russell Wilson is also... He's Russell Wilson. He's a magician back there. Yeah. So that's a great game. I'll be tuned into that. Maybe not as great of a game, but the first game on Sunday, Cardinals and Bengals on Fox. I will not be watching the Cardinals. I mean, I mean, if it's the only game on at that time, I'll probably watch because I, I love. The other game on at that time is the Bills and Titans and the Bears and Raiders. Oh, so not really a not, not a heavy. Bucks and Saints. Not a heavy-hitting morning. No. I mean, I might give the Bucks, Bucks and Saints a look just because I want to see Teddy Bridgewater. But going back to the Cardinals versus the Bengals, I think the Cardinals should have no problem beating the Bengals. I think the Bengals are on the last year of the Andy Dalton experience unless when A.J. Green comes back they start tearing it up. Mm-hmm. But I do not think that that would be a worthwhile game to watch. I mean, the NFL is always, always having some games that are not that good. But, hey, you got you got to play you got to play other team you got to sometimes it's the bad team so it'll be interesting to see who we have going i think another game that i'm going to ask you about mm-hmm. this week in college football let me look it up make sure it's this week mm-hmm. cuz last week we had the great georgia versus notre dame game which georgia only beat them by a touchdown notre dame was they were in that game for a while we have navy versus memphis which you're probably like confused like why would i watch that but memphis is 3 and 0 and Navy's 2-0. Are you watching that game? What time? 5 p.m. Ooh. Or let me give you some other... What time, what time is Oklahoma on? Let me ask you that. They're on at 9 a.m. Oh, nine. yeah, then I'll be watching that's that. A, that's a Thursday night game. That's tonight. Oh, that's tonight? That's tonight. I'm watching that. Okay, and then on Friday, there's four games. Here's the game I'm watching. Cal versus Arizona State. Cal's defense is amazing this season, mm-hmm. and they're putting it together. They're ranked 15th in the nation, which is the highest they've been ranked in a while. And Arizona State led by the Herm Edwards, the Fighting Herm Edwards. They're pretty good. And then another good game on Friday, Penn State versus Maryland. Can Maryland bounce back after that tough loss they had against Temple where they, they, were, they had first and goal four times and couldn't score once? That's, those are those are correctable errors though. You're gonna learn from that. Yeah, I mean, I can see them pulling. They scored that out. they scored sixty against a ranked team, so I think it'll be interesting. And then Saturday, I think an interesting game to watch could be USC versus Washington, sticking to the Pac-12, just because USC is on their third string quarterback. They've explained that if they lost this quarterback, if he gets hurt, which knock on wood, hopefully Matt Fink doesn't go down, they're gonna put a court or a wide receiver at quarterback. So we'll see about that. Yeah. All right, I'm gonna end it with this. Barry Trammell, who is a uh, reporter on college football, said that this is his top 10 so far this year. This is disgusting. Saying that he bases his rankings on what teams have done this year, not last year. Number 10, Kansas State. Number 9, USC. Number 8, Iowa. 7, Florida. 6, Wisconsin. 5, Georgia. 4, Clemson. 3, Cal. 2, LSU, 
number one, Auburn. So no Alabama, no Oklahoma. See, I disagree with this. Mo- I, I, there's a few teams that I like their rankings. Like LSU is good. LSU is good. LSU has a revamped offense, and they're lighting it up. Auburn should not be number one just because they beat Oregon week one. That was a horrible performance. They beat Texas A&M. But an overrated Oregon team. An overrated Oregon team and an overrated Texas A&M team. I think Bo Nix is going to end up having some freshman mistakes that end up hurting Auburn. LSU at two, I'm not mad at. Mm-hmm. Cal at three, they should be lower in the top ten. They should probably be where Kansas State is. Kansas State's not a top ten team because Kansas State's not even the best team in their conference, and Oklahoma and Texas are not on here. Or so, Iowa State. Or Iowa State. So that's not makes no sense. Come on, Barry. Do Cle- better. Clemson at four. I, I'm i a personal fan of, like, if you win the national championship the season before, I think you should be number one until you lose, like, the next season. That's just my opinion. Yeah. And then Georgia at five, I could see that. I think they should be in the top four. Wisconsin at six is a good part, though, because Wisconsin's tearing it up. They just destroyed Michigan. Yeah. They ran all over them. Florida, I don't even think we'll finish in the top ten. They're, they're on Kyle... Well, they have an injury at quarterback with Kyle Trask filling in for Felipe Franks, who's out for the season. And so we're going to see how good Kyle Trask is. And I don't think Florida is going to end up in the top 10. Iowa is a sleeper team in the Big Ten, but they also have a tough schedule in that Big Ten. They're going to have to play teams like Michigan and Ohio State to be decided the best team in the Big Ten. So I disagree with that. USC, um, I like their new their new playbook. The, the air raid. Yeah. It's a descendant of Mike Leach's air raid with Graham Harrell taking over. But I do not think they're top 10 worthy. At least not yet. If they beat Washington, maybe. Maybe. Not not right now. And Kansas State, like I said, not even the best team in their own conference. They're probably the fourth best team in the conference. Maybe in fifth after Baylor. And didn't USC just lose to BYU? No, they beat BYU. Who? No, they lost in overtime. Oh, they did. That's right. Never mind. Yeah, So, but they had injuries. They had injuries, but they still got the injuries. You can't just take the injuries out if they're put them in number nine and say, "Oh, they got injuries." I mean, USC did be a the ranked the fifth ranked Utah team, so I think that's why they're an overrated Utah team. That too. was an overrated Utah team, but yes, they did lose to BYU 30-27. They have a tough stretch coming up. They have Washington, who's ranked seventeenth, then number ten Notre Dame, who I think is going to destroy them. Yeah, because Notre Dame was hanging with Georgia, and then they go Arizona, Colorado, Oregon. So they. And they have Cal later in the conf- later in the season. So they literally play every ranked team in the Pac-12 right now. So that'll be tough. So we'll keep you guys updated on everything. Follow us on Instagram at the underscore win underscore column. We have the Twitter going active now. The, at, twin, the Twitter is up and running. It's at the win column, right? At column underscore win. I was close. Sorry. I don't run the Twitter. And our people do. We have people. We got people? We got people. Wow. We got a new design. We got new episodes coming out every Thursday. So check us out. We'll have more episodes coming out in the future. See you guys later.